today is a Thursday and the world still hasn't stopped turning. Car news is still bump- being pumped out. And guess what? Lockdown is still a thing. So welcome to episode four of season two of On The Overrun. And uh, as I said, car news just keeps coming out. And I really have to start informing you on what the things are that is actually important in the car world. So we have a few topics to discuss today. Some award ceremonies, some cars going electric, which isn't really news. Unfortunately, that is the times we live in. But also some very exciting stuff. Um... But anyway, let me get to it. So usually this time of the year is times for award ceremonies. So a lot of your large magazines, your Top Gear, your Auto Car, your Car Mag, actually have their award ceremonies, handing out their awards to this car and that manufacturer and whatever. And, well, you can read this online if you'd like. But I'd like to comment on a few because I think Top Gear got it right in some areas, but also maybe got it a bit wrong in others but then again this is only still opinion but you have to know because there's certain cars that came out this year that did very well but then later on some cars came out and just didn't perform as we expected but anyway let me get started so with our car award ceremony starting at top gears awards um they had quite a few titles that i could give away um the first one being hot hatch of the year and that is, of course, the Yaris GR, or Gazoo Racing, which is Toyota's AMG or M equivalent. What is interesting about this is that this car has a three-cylinder engine, 1.6 turbo three-cylinder, which is quite a small engine. To be honest, at the start, you're thinking it's a Yaris. Like, why is it really so special? But what makes this car special is the fact that it's a homologation special, meaning they have to go and make 500 or plus, you know, how many ever cars, production cars that are actually sold for public, so that they can go racing, so that they can go rallying. And that was their point with the RSGR. And it came out and it really just conquered. There is no hard hatch that is as fun. Well, there is even some supercars that even isn't even as fun as the RSGR. Um, first four-wheel drive system that Toyota built in a long time, uh, limited slip diff, very, very competent car, so about 260 horsepower which isn't that much power but in the wet in the dry you know in the fields doesn't matter on a rally course this thing grips and it is extremely fun by the vows of most people who tested it so i think i do agree with the rsgr being the hard of the year for them and there's no other hard that really comes close um car most being look looks forward to is the bmw m3 and m4 um, even with its massive grill, um, bit of an obnoxious grill, still people looking forward to it. It promises to be amazing. Um, also the first M3, I think, ever, being four-wheel drive, which is awesome. Um, I think it will be very cool. To be honest, these days your you know, mid-range sedans, your C-Class, your, your M3s and such, your AMG versions of especially, have so much power that you really can't get everything down even in the dry. So four-wheel drive helps a lot with that, even if you're going tracking. But then again, those cars aren't necessarily going to be taken to the track the whole time. Um, but mainly enjoyed on the road, doing some drifts, um, leaving some tire marks, doing some burnouts. So real drive will probably be the choice. Interestingly, they're still bringing out the manual in the M3, which is cool. I like that. I approve. City car of the air, Honda E, which... Of course, it's an electric car. This car just looks so Japanese, so cute. It just fits. Quite small, but then again, small city car. It's going to be like that. 
competition for this car would probably be your Peugeot 208e, your um, Fiat 500e also being released now. So we don't get that in South Africa for now. We don't have the infrastructure, unfortunately. But that's also fine. I think it's a very cool car. Super SUV of the year, Aston Martin DBX. I think there isn't an SUV that looks as beautiful as this on the market at the moment. When it comes to SUVs, super SUVs specifically, they have to do anything and everything. They have to be good on-road. They have to be good off-road. They have to be comfortable. They have to be luxurious. They have to be fast. They have to be able to pick up the kids from school and then go to work um, very quickly because you're slightly late. And it has to fit the bill for most you know, millionaires going to buy this car. And it does. It just does everything so well. There's the AMG, AMG V8 in, the 4-liter, which is such a competent engine, makes such a beautiful noise. I just think they smashed it out of the park. For some reason, there are some people who think, listen, this is not really a beautiful car, but I, I tend to disagree. Luxury car of the year, you can't beat a Rolls-Royce. You are not going to be more luxurious than the newest Rolls-Royce. Um, so the Rolls-Royce that came out this year is a Rolls-Royce Ghost, being the, can you believe it, the entry-level um, luxury car, still with a 6.75-liter V12, very competent on-road. They have, a, I think they call it a planar or planar, planar um, suspension system, which is basically suspension on suspension uh, weird but they showed a clip where it basically went on these like fluctuating undulations um, and then they compared it to the old ghost and it just was miles apart um, so of course you can't beat that game changer of the year Volkswagen ID3 yet again don't get it in South Africa is an electric car there was com- some complaints about the, the technology or the electronics the infotainment system and such in this car but I mean Volkswagen is investing a uh, lot of money i think something like 27 million pounds into um the electric you know fleet coming out in the the next coming years so yeah it's a step big step in the next direction i guess if it's the right direction more about that later performance car of the year and chris harris's car of the year being the turbo is there is nothing that has all in this car um, there's really no car that did what this car did. Every time the Turbo S comes out in whatever iteration of the 911, it just smashes its competition left, right, and center. There's nothing that keep can keep up with it. And to be honest, it's also very close to the GT2 RS, which is now, um, I wouldn't say a thing of the past, but of course not a new car anymore. Um, but unbelievable car, unbelievable engineering. I think it's probably neck-breaking speeds when it comes to accelerating also. You would have thought maybe the SF90 Stradale, maybe the Huracan Evo um, could have also been competitors, but uh, yeah, I believe Turbo S just smashed it out of the park. Even though it doesn't have as much character as the rest of them, there's nothing that compares. Um, the noise of the uh, A12 GTS, which is the you know r- the convertible version of the A12 Superfast, even though there's OPF filters um, being implemented in these cars now, basically making it more, you know, emissions, or closer to zero emissions, um, more efficient in terms of fuel, but also but softer. Um, that is probably the best you're going to get. It is a Ferrari V12, 6.5, straight from Mar- Maranello. You're not going to get better. Um, yes, the Huracan Evo sounds insane with its 5.2 V8, even though naturally aspirated also. Um, you won't come close to a V12. 
Uh, interestingly enough, I've heard the A12 super fast in real life, which it just boggles your mind the sound that that thing produces from a road car without an exhaust, uh, sports exhaust or anything. So the A12, what I've heard on videos is that there is a bit of a difference because the OPF filters, but still spine tingling. So Eco Warrior of the year. Can you believe it? It's the almost 600 kilowatt SF90 Dali from Ferrari. Um, they have the Pistas uh, engine, the 3.9 liter V8 twin turbo, and then three electric motors, one being on the transmission, two being on the front wheels. Um, you wouldn't have thought that the <laughs> the Eco Warrior SF90 Dali um, would have won that segment i mean that is a segment where your prius usually owns it but hey well done ferrari um you're doing some good for the world crossover the year is the ford puma which changed a lot from the previous puma the previous puma was more like a sports car and now this one is a crossover doesn't come to africa don't really care about it that much manufacturer of the year is ford and i believe this to be true um they did amazingly with the mach e gt coming out they're doing a lot in terms of you know electric drive um and their hybrids in the the fiesta and the focus not as much here in south africa but overseas i know the fiesta st is also together with the focus st such a amazing proposition such an exciting car also which unfortunately we don't get here anymore but hey don't worry about it. We still have some cool hard hatches in South Africa. Um, the track weapon is the GT Black Series from Mercedes. And you can't go different because, well, it's a Mercedes. And it has the Nürburgring, Nürburgring, lap, lack, Nürburgring lap record. So if the Huracan STO is to beat that in the coming months, we will see. But still, for time being, has to be track weapon. Weapon. Retro Euro being like restaurant mod or, you know, something out of the past, um, you know, being resurrected to life by a new company is the Volvo P1800 Cyan. This thing looks insane. Cyan is the racing team for Volvo, is control of the racing team. So they basically took some of their knowledge and decided, hey, let's build a car and put it in the shell of a very, very famous and beautiful old Volvo. Um, there's also a I saw a Ferrari 250 GTO recreation where the engine is basically transplanted with a 575M Maranello engine from like 2002, 2003, also V12. And, <laughs> yo, I don't know. I would probably choose that one above the Cyan because they are actually similar in price. I think $500,000 or something. So, either way, both are awesome cars, but I'd rather choose the V12 over the four-cylinder. Unstoppable Force Land Rover Defender. Now, yeah, Luke and I have spoken a lot about the Land Rover Defender in season one, but I truly believe that there are few cars that even touch on what the Land Rover Defender can do. Yes, the Discovery is quite close. Yes, you can say the Range Rover Sport can also do what it does. But I believe Land Rover did an amazing job in recreating such a legendary car that everyone expected to... Um, you know, be amazing and expected to uphold this this image of what the Defender usually holds. Um, and I think they did amazingly to try and recreate it and just do something new, but still hold some of the character um, of the old Defender. Of course, it's going to be much more capable. Of course, it's going to be much more powerful and much more, you know, 
electronically advanced. Um, but I, I really do approve of what they did. And this thing can't be stopped. I've seen one or quite a few on the road and I really like it. It looks insane. It's a very competent car. And that's also why it is the winner of the car of the year for Top Gear. And I do approve. Um, maybe what I would have said the Turbo S. You know, maybe I would have even said Yaris GR. Um, interesting enough, performance car of the year. 765LT also got released. Wasn't the show. Um, so I think this is quite an accurate list. Some changes could probably have been made, but I do approve. I think they did a very good job in, in compiling this list. Oh, one I missed. Year of the year, Lewis Hamilton. Seven-time world champion, arguably the best Formula 1 driver to ever hit the road. Um, I know it's very difficult to compare Formula 1 drivers and race car drivers over the generations. A lot of different challenges, a lot of different rules, a lot of changes um, to the cars made over the years. Um, arguably, it's more safe now, but also you have more opportunity to do better because your races, you have like double the races you have in a season than you know 20 years prior to today. So... Yeah, but in terms of this year, there is no one that touches Lewis Hamilton at the moment. And he'll probably win the eighth championship, probably will be the officially the best driver for Formula One, you know, in history up to date. So unbelievable what he can achieve on uh, like on the track. And usually you think, oh, okay, you know, he's just leading the pack the whole time. He's not really doing anything amazing. He's just as the best car. But actually, no, a few races back to this, I think in the Bahrain race, he actually lapped his teammate, Valtteri Bottas. Um, two races before that, I know he started like seventh on the grid for after qualifying. Still um, made it to first place. So, yeah, absolutely an amazing driver. And what a time to be alive, to actually experience that. So next up on the list, the new 992 GT3 was sort of released. So there's two videos that um, was released with Carfection and with Top Gear also chatting to the head of the GT department at Porsche. Um, and they basically entered this the shed or cabin or, or garage of all the GT cars that Porsche have produced in since you know the water cooled cars and uh yeah any Porsche's dream it was my dream I just soaked every part of it in enjoyed every single little detail but it was so amazing seeing the test mule for the GT3 and hearing it the character from that sound you wouldn't believe it's still like it's still going to be a four liter flat six um apparently there's also going to be a six-speed manual and seven-speed PDK with that shifter down here. So a bit different on the Carrera, similar to the 991 version. Um, but what I love from the sound is they said, like, yes, OPF filters, we have to comply with the regulations, but why can't it be allowed OPF filter? So they went and made the most characterful, what you would expect from a GT3 sound. And they say inside it's probably even louder so super excited for this to come out uh, probably a year from now we'll see the the rs version also um but i mean posture they just hit the right buttons they just do it right every single time um also what a time to be alive i'm so excited to be a porsche fan although i won't be driving this in probably the next few years um i'm very much excited still to see it the big changes coming into the 993 or oh, the 992 is the multi-link suspension, which is basically racing derived. And um, 
it's bigger. Bigger track on the front, bigger track on the rear. It's just going to be better in every single way. F-Pace SVR got a bit of a torque upgrade. To be honest, the engine is still the same, uh, 450 or 405 kilowatt from the 5-liter supercharged V8. Same in the F-Type SVR. I really love the SVR, the F-Pace SVR. But I think, yeah, I think it pales a bit in comparison to the other competitors in its range. So the Stelvio, the GLC 63. When the SVR was released about two years ago, I expected so much more. I expected so much more hype. I expected the looks to be so much more um, wild and, and just, you know, obnoxious, if you want to put it that way, or audacious rather. But it just wasn't. I think it just was overlooked for a bit. And the performance was it where it should be. Yes, it's very fast. It's very capable. But um, there's a lot of super SUVs, very fast, very capable. So maybe it struggled a bit. It looks better now, better interior quality. Still a very good proposition. But it's just sad to see that it didn't live up to the hype that people expected it to have. And then the last bit of news I want to share is actually that BMW and Audi have decided to pull out of Formula E. Um for 2021 season i know audi is now going into daco with an alternative drive car maybe being electric or hybrid but firstly i thought okay maybe bmw and audi is suspecting that you know formally isn't the way to go maybe you know alternative e-fuel or something like that you know um synthetic e-fuels and such will probably be the future um but i think it just comes down to formula e and the business of Formula E, um, the rules and regulations in terms of finances and such, I think there's a bit of a, a mishap or a bit of, you know, clarity needed, uh, a bit of adaptation needed. I know Total Wolf commented on the rules and regulations in terms of finances and, and cost caps and everything. So, yeah, I think, it, well, it's, Formula E is still very young. They, I think, like in the third generation now um, of car, well, going into the next season. So they still have some changes to be... There is still some changes to be made. Formula E is growing, but it's not where Formula 1 is. Will it be the next few years? I don't think so. I think Formula you know, Formula 1 will probably stay, maybe change into something else. Um, it's already hybrid, so maybe change into like synthetic fuels and everything. But in terms of Formula E, a lot of changes have to be made to the business model before they can go forward and really achieve success. Because if you're big brands like BMW and Audi are pulling out, that's a big question mark. Um, it doesn't mean that electric cars are suddenly now, you know, not in void. They're not going to mean anything in the next few years. Um, it just means that Formula E has to make some changes. Last bit of news, the Honda S2000 replacement is coming out in four, four or five years' time. Um, there is sources that also state this, which is very exciting. But... That concludes the episode for today. Um, hope you enjoyed the news. Sorry if I bored you, but you could have read this online. But why not hear it out of my voice? I mean, it's just more exciting. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Tune in for the next one coming out on Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Um, but I hope you have a good one. Cheers.